Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back as we continue our study through the book of Nehemiah. We are in season six of Weathering the Storm, and today we are recording episode 15. If you were able to listen in last week, then you know we began a a short two-part series entitled A Revival After the Storm. And so today we're going to conclude that. Uh, Certainly, if you have not already listened to that, I would encourage you to do that to give you uh, some background context to what we're talking about today. And so last week, episode 14, uh, we dove into the first part of Nehemiah chapter 7 and went all the way through Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 6. And so today we're going to pick up with uh, chapter 8, verse 7 through the end of the chapter, which is verse 18. So if you're in a place where you can get your Bibles out, I invite you to do that and join me in Nehemiah chapter 8. And here in just a moment, we're going to read that text. I'm going to give you some thoughts about that, and we will close out this short series on the revival after the storm. Before we get to the text, I do want to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. I try to do this each episode as uh, to promote the network as a whole. I'm very grateful that this podcast is has found a home on the Scattered Abroad Network. We encourage you to reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns you may have. Uh, the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. You can visit our website, thescatterabroad.org. Uh, we encourage you to check out our Facebook page, look us up on Instagram, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, We're striving, striving rather to use social media to the glory of God and, and spread the gospel as far as we can. And so we appreciate you listening, appreciate you liking and sharing these episodes, and uh, I hope and pray that the weathering the storm has been able to help you in your walk with the Lord. So again, we are going to continue uh, and, and conclude this series, the part two, on this idea of the revival after the storm. So keep in mind that the wall has been rebuilt, the people are coming back home, and there is a, a urgent need to get back to the book, to get back to the law of God, and to make sure that their spiritual priorities are in place. And so again, we want to read today, uh, beginning in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 7. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version as we read through the rest of this chapter. And then we'll discuss this and study it together. We read a list of names here in verse 7. And these individuals, along with the Levites, the Bible says, Help the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book, from the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. And he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength." So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Now on the second day, the heads of the fathers' houses of all the people, with the priests and Levites, were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, 
that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees to make booths as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house, or in the courtyards or the courts of the house of God, and in the open square of the water gate, in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, unto the day the children of Israel had not done so, and there was very great gladness. Also day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. And so that concludes Nehemiah chapter 8. And what we have here again is this spiritual revival after the storm, after all that they had been through, the adversity they had faced and handled, the wall has been rebuilt. They've come back home from captivity. And there is such an emphasis on the law of God, the reading of the law, the uh, teaching of the law, the understanding of the law, and then the application of the law of God. And again, if you don't have those things, then you don't have a revival. And so this is a, a, a great text. This is a, a, a favorite passage of mine. I remember back in preaching school that Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8 uh, was one of our verses we had to memorize as preachers. And really, this is what you are to do as a preacher. You are to communicate the Word of God in a way where everybody can understand it. You know, it's said of Jesus that when He spoke, the common people heard Him gladly. I remember one of my instructors, Barry Grider, he said, the acid test of a good sermon is, did it communicate? Because you can preach, you know, <laughs> uh, preach preach a hole in the floor, but, but if it doesn't communicate, if people don't understand it, then what good have you done? So here we see that the people are listening, they're eager, they want to know, and you have people who are trained, people who are equipped, and, and who are apt to teach. This list of individuals in verse 7 reminds us that there were people there who were helping others. It says they helped the people to understand the law. The people stood in their place. And so you have this desire for people to hear it, but you also have a desire from the people to teach it. And that's a great thing. Let's look at verse 8 for a moment. It says they read distinctly from the book. That's important. They, they weren't just glossing over things. They, they were emphasizing certain parts of the text, that they were reading distinctly from the law of God. Let's make sure we understand what's being said here. Let's not leave it up to question. And then it says, they gave the sense. So they read it, and then they made sense of it. So they explained it as they read it, and they helped the people to understand the reading. So again, you have three things there. They read from the book, they gave the sense of what was being said, and they helped them to understand it. That that is great teaching, and that is what we need today. If there's going to be a spiritual revival, you know, people come out of trials and tragedy, and they're looking for God. They're searching for God. Here's how you do it. You open up the Word of God, and you help them to understand what it says and the, and the need to conform their lives to what God has revealed. And so Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 8 is a great text to remember when it comes to uh, you know what it takes to have a spiritual revival. We notice in, in verse 9, rather, of chapter 8, Nehemiah the governor 
Ezra, the priest and the scribe, and the Levite. So you have those who are spiritually minded, those who are striving to do the will of God. They taught the people. They said, today is a day holy to the Lord. Do not mourn nor weep. The people wept when they heard the law. And perhaps they wept because they weren't doing what God said to do. And now they heard it. You know, it kind of reminds us of Acts 2, 36, uh, when Peter says, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that this Jesus, whom God has made most Lord in Christ, you crucified. And it says when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in the heart. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? The idea is that the word pricked their hearts. The word cut them to the heart to the point where they said, we were wrong. Now how can we make it right? It's kind of the mentality that we read here as well, that the people were mourning and weeping. They hear the words of the law. They hear what they should have been doing this whole time, and they weren't. But now they're back home. They're ready for a fresh start. And here's how you can have that revival. You get back to the book, and you do what God says to do. It says that they put all these things into application. Uh, they were able to go. Uh, the Bible says, verse 10, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions. Verse 12 says they did it. They were doers of the word, not hearers only. James 1.22. Why did they do that? The Bible says because they understood the words that were declared to them. We live in a, in a time right now, religiously speaking, in the religious circles, that there are those who say we can't understand the Bible alike. Or you see that, I see this, we see it differently. Listen, we can understand the Bible. We can. The Bible says when you read, you may understand, Ephesians 3, 4. Uh, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, Ephesians five seventeen. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. Truth shall make you free, John eight thirty two. Now, if we can't know the truth, why did Jesus say that? Well, we can know it, and it can make us free. Uh, Marshall Keeble uh, had a great quote. He said, you don't have to be smart to obey the gospel and to live the Christian life. You just have to be honest. And I love that because that's so true. A lot of times it's not that you don't see it. It's, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. It just becomes polluted when men try to pervert what God has said. You know, for example, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's not hard to grasp. You know, Jesus made it as easy as ABC. Who is the one who's going to be saved? He that believes and he that is baptized. I mean, it's, it's, it's so simple and it's so clear. And so the, the Word of God is not to be something that is just over our heads or something that we can't grasp. We can hear it. We can understand it. And that's what happened here. And I believe that's something that we need to emphasize. They read from the book of the law. They gave the sense that they explained it. They gave the reason. The people heard it. The people understood it. And the people acted on it. And so there should be no difference today uh, when someone comes to the Word of God. We find that also as we, we kind of work through verses 13 through 18, here that they read about the Feast of the Tabernacles. And I find it interesting, they go back to what was written in the law, what the Lord commanded by Moses, and said, okay, this is what God told them to do. And the people said, okay, well, that's what we need to do. That's what they did. That's what we need to do. And that's exactly what happened. In verse 18, or the end of verse 17, rather, it says there was great gladness. There was gladness because they knew they were doing what God wanted them to do. And that does bring about great joy. You know, we think about the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8 when he obeyed the gospel. It says he went on his way rejoicing. Why? 
He's rejoicing because, hey, now I know what God wants me to do, and I did it. You know, and while we're on that example, uh, you can think of Acts 8 in connection with Nehemiah 8, because isn't that what Philip did? He read from the book, he gave the sense, and he caused the eunuch to understand the reading. The eunuch understood, and he said, look, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? They stopped the chariot. Philip and the eunuch both went down into the water. He baptized him. When he came out of the water, he went on his way rejoicing. Such a simple conversion account, but it's consistent with all the conversions in the book of Acts. And so the same formula takes place. So here they read, okay, this is what we should have been doing. We weren't doing it. Instead of mourning and dwelling on the past, they realize, okay, let's let's just start doing what's right. And that's what they're able to do. And so a very powerful text to consider uh, what they were able to do. And then verse 18, as we kind of close out the text and uh, look at a few more thoughts, it says, Day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And so there was this constant feeding on the Word of God, that there was constant meditation. That reminds us of Psalm 1. The blessed man of Psalm 1 meditated day and night on the law of the Lord. And so the people who have come back from captivity, you know, they're starving spiritually. They've been in a foreign land. They've been in a place where, you know, they've been treated poorly, some of them, uh, around people who didn't believe the same way they did, spoke different languages, all kinds of different things that they had to endure. Now they're back home. Now the storm is over, and they've got this time of peace, and there needs to be a revival. So this chapter, this this section of the book of Nehemiah reminds us, when the storm clouds go away, and when there's this time where you can really stop and, and meditate and reflect on what God has done for you, who God is, and what He has said through His Word, then there is a, a perfect time for a revival, a perfect time to get back right to make sure your heart's right with God. Because again, if we've mentioned it on this show uh, so many times, when you get through a storm, yes, enjoy the peace that you have, but understand that another storm is coming at some point in time. It's just a fact of life. So what do we do in, in the meantime? What do we do in, in, the, in the calm? In those times, thank God for it and grow your faith. Get stronger during those difficult times. So when the next storm comes, you're more equipped. You're you're ready uh, to to be able to stand firm and to make sure that your faith is strong. Your faith is not wavering, which is really the emphasis of this podcast in general. Having that unwavering faith in God that you can withstand the storms of life that come your way. And so Nehemiah, not only is he rebuilding the walls, but now he's involved in helping the people rebuild their spiritual walls and to make sure that their faith is strong. He didn't try to play with their emotions. He didn't tell them what he thought. They opened up the book. They opened up the book of a law of God. He taught them from the book. He showed them what they needed to be doing. And the people heard it, understood it, and there was gladness because they were able to put it into practice. And so there's so many lessons that we can learn from this text. I just want us to focus on how the people were able to respond. And the lesson for us, of course, as we go back to the last episode and this one, kind of connecting the dots here, when you get through the trial, when God enables you to weather the storms of life, when you come through that trial, when you come through that storm, now's the time to build your faith. 
Now's the time to get even stronger. And the only way to do that is to open up the book, to spend time reading, studying, meditating, and certainly applying what God has said to your life, that your faith can be stronger, that you can be more dependent on God, and that you're more equipped, you're ready for the next storm whenever it decides to come your way. I thank you very much for listening uh, to this podcast today. Again, as we close out this small section on this idea of a revival after the storm. In the next two episodes, we're going to look at uh, another small series, and we're going to think about the power of prayer and the importance of accountability. I'm looking forward to studying that with you. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 9. So between now and next week, if you'd like to, go ahead and be reading Nehemiah chapter 9, and we'll dive into that text. But I do hope and pray that our thoughts from Nehemiah chapter 7 and 8 uh, will be helpful for you, especially in the context of what we are to do when the storm goes away and when we have some time of peace. And let's remember to open up the book and to listen to God through His Word and to respond accordingly. Thank you so much for listening. Hope and pray this episode will help you to weather the storm. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.